the best, the worst of TV. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Confidential Podcast. This is our annual Best and Worst of the TV Season podcast. This is going to be from September of 2018 to through May of 2019. This differs a little bit from our year-end podcast because it's just the one TV season. It's not the whole year. Sometimes at the end of the year, there can be a little bit of overlap with our year-end podcast, but it's always fun to take a look back at the previous TV season, the highs and the lows. And to do that, I have Melody Akles joining me. Welcome, Mel. Hey, hey. Also joining me, Mo Walker. Welcome, Mo. Glad to be here. Oh, and finally, Dan Pierce. Welcome. How's it going? Pretty good. Now, before we can dive into the best and worst, we also have to take a moment to step back because we had a Game of Thrones pool about the TV season, a who will live and who will die pool. One of us did really well. The other three of us, not so much. Anybody want to take a guess as to who that, uh, who the person who did well was? Was it you? It was not me. Mo. It was Mo. Coming in at 28 points was Mo. I had 18 Dan had 17 points, and Mel had 11. What what did us both, Mel and I, in was that we both chose a lot of White Walkers, and those people didn't end up White Walkers, which meant extra points deducted. And Mel didn't fill out her bonus points, so I had yes, no bonus I points. Did. I have I two images. I have two images from you that you sent me, and both of them are empty. I went back and double-checked. In the email... I have the bonus questions. Uh, I will have to go back and look. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't think that will be enough points to catch Mo and topple him, though. So congratulations, Mo. <laughs> Thanks. What do you have to say for your three-eyed raven-like predicting skills? You know, I will. I will try to uh, run the, the the six kingdoms as well, if if not better than Bran. Oh, okay. Okay, well, let's dive into the 2018-2019 TV season. Kicking things off, we have uh, the breakout uh, star or character of the season. Mel, how about you first? For me, it is Miss Sabrina Spellman from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I think the actress really adds a lot to this. She is absolutely not a baby who doesn't know where she is. She is fantastic. I think she leads her show well. I I really enjoy the character. So hat tip to her. Okay. Mo, who did you pick? I have Hope Michelson uh, from Legacies and formerly, um, yeah. And I think as... Played by uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Rose Russell, and I think she is really growing into a, her um, uh, her own character. Um, I think the show Legacies is trying to figure itself out, and Julie Plec, I kind of think she kind of sort of knows where she's going, but the actress definitely knows what her character is about. 
she is this interesting embodiment of of her, her both of her parents and um can't wait to see what season two of um of legacies brings dan uh for me i know it's not necessarily like his first appearance but he really shown um i have uh charlie cox matthew murdoch uh from daredevil holy cow this season he got to show his acting chops and do so many things and show so many different emotions uh you know coming off of uh the defenders and dealing with everything with wilson fisk and his family and uh, it's it's just incredible what he was able to do and i am very sad that there won't be a season four I don't feel so bad now because a, a person with four seasons or three seasons of Daredevil, the Defenders, and other things b- being considered breakout, I would thought I was pushing mine, but I don't feel bad about mine anymore. At least I have a rationale. Uh, Jody Whittaker <clears throat> from Doctor Who, and the reason why I say that is because um, a she was a fantastic Doctor. My complaints with um, the her Doctor Who season had nothing to do with her. I thought she was the personification of the Doctor. But the reason why I consider her a breakout character is, for the most part, she was only known to British audience. She had Broadchurch, which for ha- had a cult following, shall we say, in America, but she hadn't really jumped the pond in terms of wide exposure, where Doctor Who obviously provides that type of platform. So for me, she was the breakout character of the year. Every hero needs his a sidekick, the best sidekick of the TV season. Mo? Uh, I gotta go with Peter G- Gamby, uh, as portrayed by James Remar from Black Lightning. I mean, Gamby supplies the Pierce family with suits, weapons, Field support. I mean, he is so rad at that. Even after he fakes his own death, he is still giving them support via a drone. Okay, Dan. I also got Gamby from uh, Black Lightning. I, I don't like the the Pierce family. I I don't know what they would do without Gamby. Like the when he faked his death, and there was like a two episode run where. You sort of weren't like you weren't sure, um, and then Mo and Luke are like, "Where's the body? You know, where where's the body? You know, soap rolls. There's no body. He ain't dead. Um, and then he ends up being alive. So yeah, no, they he is so much in terms of just technical support, suits, and just being emotional support for Jefferson. You know, that is so important, and seeing his relationship with. Jennifer and I just I'm I'm really excited for the next season. Mel, I have Drogon from Game of Thrones because he was the last dragon standing, literally, and he was always there when Danny needed him, even in her death. So anytime you need someone to kill, Drogon. Anytime you need some quick fire, Drogon. Just saying, he came through. He can sear a stake pretty fast. I also have a pick from Game of Thrones, but it's a tie. My first tie of the day. Um, Tormund and Samwell. It only took the second category. It only took the second category to reach a tie. But I feel like the rules up as we go. I feel like both of them provided aid to John as sidekicks. One was the 
brains, the intelligence. The other one was the comedic humor and a little bit of fighting along the way. Uh, biggest frack up, Dan. Canceling Timeless, of course. Like, is, is there a bigger crime in current, like, on the television scale right now than the fact that we only got two seasons and, a, like, a movie-ish of Timeless? I mean, I could go with Barry Allen, but... Well, technically, honest- Timeless was canceled in May of 2018, not September. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> dang it dang it luke and your rules that you break often um fine i will go with the end of game of thrones okay uh mel i mean who else could it be nora west allen oh yes 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 I, go mel that there was literally no one else the almost solo episode she had where she just continued to rewind time and watch things go wrong at least 10 times. I'm pretty sure I wanted to pull my hair out because I was like, girl, if it don't work after the third time, maybe we should try something different. No, no, we can't do that. Not to mention she was working with Thawne the whole season. This girl fracked up so much. She managed to erase herself from existence. Congratulations, Nora. I love your passion about Nora, Mel. Mo? Girl works my last good nerve. When she literally disintegrated, I was like, oh, thankfully, because I don't have to watch you next season. (sighs) Mo? misery <laughs> i'm also with mayo <laughs> it's it's exes it's no <laughs> west allen i mean like like father like no i mean like daughter like father i mean like it's you know i mean like it just the whole season has just been one frack up i mean what can i say mel summarize mel it succinctly yeah well, I also had a tie here, Nora, who Mel mentioned, but also Jon Snow, the noble idiot, because that the noble idiot should just be his title in memoria, because he always did the right thing, He, but he was stupid at doing it. He didn't have any strategic bat, like battle skills for using those dragons at the Battle of Winterfell. He gives himself up. I mean, this is someone who can not make a correct decision or a smart decision. He might make the correct decision, but it may not be the smart decision. So he, the noble idiot is my tie with Nora Allen. Mel, who was your most angsty or annoying character of the year? Nora, for all the reasons I listed above. Okay. Mo. I'm going to go with Andy Strucker from The Gifted. I mean, oh, his, I oh about him. he's that good. good That's good. I mean, he he was a, simply a petulant, whiny teenager who tried to be dark, broody, and angsty. And you know, at the end of the day, all he really wanted to do was he wanted to get back to his family. And I mean, he it was just it just is just ridiculous. That that whole arc went on way too long, and I think it really, really killed a lot of the story momentum and in season and season two of the gifted Dan Evelyn ever never 
Oh my gosh, this girl worked me to my last nerve. I couldn't stand her, her and her, just the farm and her, you know, daddy husband, whatever the, the situation was. It, it was like this weird, like, oh no, it's her father. Oh wait, no, it's her husband. What? You're like 30 something. I don't know why you're not like, why are you allowed to continue high school at that point? I know you guys have the principal in your back. Uh, oh my gosh! And the way she would just needle Betty over and over and over, I could, I, I was done with her. I, oh, she's the worst. Chad Michael Murray's still looking fine though. My my pick for uh, most angsty or annoying character is actually also from Riverdale, but it's not Jughead. Surprise, surprise! It's Archie. I am so sick of Archie. <laughs> I am so sick of Archie. The only reason why I stuck with Riverdale the this last season was because of Betty and Veronica. It, Jughead is just also angsty and annoying, but Archie was just the worst this season. And I really feel like they've got to figure out a better way for him to drive story than how they've had it done the last few seasons. Kick that ass! Best fight scene, Mo. Um, the mine comes from the Orville, and it's the uh, episode Identity Part Two, and essentially it's uh, the Orville teaming up with the Krill, who are in that show is the equivalent of the Romulans from Star Trek, against the uh, the Kalons, who are essentially the Borg, and the space battle between all these different ships looked fantastic, especially for a a television budget. I thought that. The Orville, especially with this two-part episode, Identity, uh, parts one and two, I think it really matured into what the show could be, and it was just so it was just so visually impressive. And and my hats off to uh, to the uh, uh, the the uh, FX team for that show because it it just looked fantastic. Dan, uh, for me, it it couldn't be anything else. The 11-minute fight scene that Daredevil shot all in one take about, like, in the prison, in the infirmary, getting out of the prison, the raids, all, all of it. It was incredible. It is a cinematic achievement that the Emmys are disqualifying this year because they say, quote, it's too long. It's too long because nobody's ever attempted to do all of this in one take. Like it was in, it was so good. All of the actors involved were fantastic. Charlie Cox, he, the stunt choreography he's had to learn is incredible. It it's a real testament to the production staff and his dedication and the stunt choreography and his dedication as an actor. Um I absolutely loved it. Mel for me, it was uh, Sabrina killing the witch hunters scene when she starts floating and starts bringing people back to from the dead. She killed the witch hunters. She got everybody. She had everybody shook in that scene, including myself. So absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Mine comes from a show that has gotten very few or received very few positive comments from me over the years, and that is Gotham. Um, I tuned in for the final season of Gotham, and it was actually a pretty good season. I enjoyed it. There were some really interesting elements to it. 
But my favorite fight scene was when Barbara, a pregnant Barbara Gordon, was in the wheelchair, being pushed by Leslie, and she had two guns in her hand, and they were being chased. And Leslie did a spin with Barbara in the wheelchair in the hall, and it just had Barbara spinning and firing guns. Absolutely loved it. That brings us to a very interesting category, which I'm sure that people will expound upon. Um, what just happened, Dan? So, I love Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. But this season... Was shit? I, I had some questions. I had a lot of questions. Most of, like, a lot of them have to do with the use of Gary... And why are we getting it? And But when they made Nora Dark, who, you know, is... A, like, we saw her as a little girl in uh, Arrow. Now we're seeing her as an adult. We've kind of been around her and are seeing, like, this cool arc. And now we're making her Gary's fairy godmother. Why are we doing this? Why is this necessary? Why is this happening? Why is it on my screen? Why the poofy dress? Why the the why are we sending her to hell? Why did you know, I just have so many questions and then it happened and I know Legends pushes the goofy envelope, turns it on its head and you know, calls it a remix, but it just that one had me scratching my head. Mel, for me it was the Battle of Winterfell because I kind of felt like that whole episode when, you know, the White Walkers begin to attack was really disorienting. I mean, the very beginning when the Red Witch comes from out of the darkness and lights the Dothraki swords and then the Dothraki attack the, the White Army and then all of a sudden it goes dark. And it was the biggest... I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I can't see anything to even tell what's going on. That was kind of the whole episode. So it was it was a lot. Mo? For me, um, I have to go with the time jump on Gotham and the and because of the time jump in, from uh, the penultimate episode of Gotham to the final episode of Gotham, uh, several of the characters, Selena and Bruce, were aged, and we ended up with a very different, a new Selena for the final episode of Gotham. All the other cast members stayed the same. Uh, the actor uh, who, who portrays uh, Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, he gets a, a more or less a cameo under the cowl in the very last shot, and I'm like, okay. I, I really wish that they could have worked it out so that the actress who had been portraying uh, Selena, the entire the entire run, could have been a part of that final episode. I have a tie. Dan has touched on one of them. This entire fucking season of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> that season was the worst season of Legends of Tomorrow since the first season when it was so awful I almost didn't watch a second season. Gary has got to go. They've got to kill him. I always remember Paula Dean on Oprah and Oprah was asking her about, well, isn't this, isn't your food too fat or something? And she's like, everything in moderation is my policy. There was no moderation with Gary. He 
ate the show alive to the point where they had a seeing eye as a nipple. Yeah. All of these characters that had so much development, all like we we barely got to see some of the like the characters that have been on the longest. When you look at Mick, Mick was sidelined most of this season. And then Ray was really weird. Like he was going in and out of character. They couldn't decide decide if he was going to be funny or if he was going to be more solemn. Sarah was the only one who was sort of true. Nate was like got caught up in his dad's magical carnival mystery, murder mystery thing. Constantine, who was is a great character on its own, was misused across the board. But throughout it all, Gary ate the f- show alive. Yes. It was it was bad. The whole premise, like you said, her as the fairy godmother, the various other things that happened, there were some really cool concepts that Legends of Tomorrow tried to deliver in this season. But what ended up happening is that after the first season, where in seasons two through this season, they had mastered the balance between camp and drama they just jumped the shark they jumped gary's nipple it was terrible it was so bad that by the end of the season i was like i'm not sure i'm going to watch next season that's how bad legends was this year it put took me all the way back to season one and now i have very little goodwill towards giving them a second chance. I'll probably watch just to see what, because of the big crossover event that's coming, but they're going to have to do a lot of stuff to fix that show. The other thing that really frustrated me was also on a CW show, which was Riverdale. I have a big problem with the fact that the two primary characters that are sucked into the cult are the gay and lesbian characters. And the reason why they are sucked in is because they are the two characters who can't find happiness or deal with their grief without being sucked into a cult. And they ended up being the people who had to be rescued. The way that was depicted for me was close to offensive. Because I was like, you have all of these other characters. Why couldn't have Betty been the one sucked into the farm and someone rescued her? Why couldn't it have been Veronica? Veronica has a whole bunch of problems, but yet we have to keep her with the club and doing this other stuff. Archie, for all the crap that he's been through, would be a perfect target to be sucked into the farm. And I could see Betty rescuing him. But we have the gay and lesbian character, the two main gay and lesbian characters on Riverdale be the people who are the who are the most susceptible to a cult. If it would have been one, sure, that would have made sense. If they would have picked one of them and had somebody else, sure. Totally okay. But when your primary emphasis is the two gay characters have to be rescued because they've fallen victims to the cult. That's problematic, at least for me. 
Maybe I'm wrong, but for me, it was problematic. I'm not expecting my gay characters to be saints. Heaven knows Cheryl Blossom is not a saint. But I do have a problem when you have the two main teen characters who are gay be the victims of a cult and it's rescue, basically rescue the gays. It, did, it didn't feel right to me as I was watching the season. And as the season progressed, it was one of the reasons why I let the episodes pile up. And I ended up watching it in one bunch at the end just so that I could do it for this podcast. It really frustrated me. But I will not go on further because this is a long podcast. My DVR is full and I can't catch up. Which show are you behind on? I don't know whose turn it is to go first. So, Mel, who, who, what show are you behind on? Well, you just said it, Riverdale. I think I made it two episodes in the season. And I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I have too much television and too, much, too many other things to do. Whether to sit here and attempt to watch Riverdale in the state it is in. Now... For my understanding, it did improve at the end of the season. And thankfully, it is on Netflix, so I can catch up. But at one point, I had a good 10 episodes in my DVR. It was like, I no. I, no. Mo? For my DVR, it's full. I've got from Netflix, it is Umbrella Academy. I've only watched a couple episodes of that. And The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I'm only <gasps> halfway three. And Mel... You had to spoil that fight, oh. game, but, but it will be okay. You know, my bad. It's awesome. It's all. It's all good. It's it's my fault for having a a back a a, a full DVR. I mean, or full Netflix queue in this in this case, and and also um, my third show. I'm kind of I'm behind on that. I've really been enjoying when I've been able to watch it. It's called Gentleman Jack. It is a period piece. It is. Uh, is that the about- one on HBO? Yes, it's a British uh, co-production. It's a BBC One HBO co-production. It's written by Sally Wainwright, who's written a lot of great British dramas. It is um, about a woman, uh, Anne Lister, who's trying to live a life as an an open, open gay woman in the 1800s. And it's it's really fun. It's the dialogue is very witty. Um, If if you watch a couple episodes, I think you will definitely be hooked. It's been renewed for a second series. Dan, how about you? I have a tie, uh, but I don't feel as bad giving a tie just because, you know, shows can pile up on a DVR, no problem. Uh, Westworld Season 2, American Gods Season 2, and Season 2 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I need to catch up on these three shows, Something Fierce. Because I, I hadn't even realized that American Gods season two had aired until it was over. I don't know what, like, and with the blogs and things, usually mm-hmm. I'm sort of in tune with, like, most things when it's premiering, even though I may not watch it, just because you can't miss that kind of stuff. I felt like there was n- almost no promotion for American Gods season two, at least compared to season one. Um, my, my, um, DVR is full and I can't catch up is one that Mo mentioned, The Umbrella Academy. I heard that it did really well, um, like in terms of wrapping the season, but I couldn't get I couldn't get past the first like three episodes. Paige is an actress who for me 
I sometimes have difficulty relating to her characters because they're so emo sometimes. And that's sort of, I think, why. But I do want to see it because I've heard that it did it ended it really well. Okay, the Sansa Stark, otherwise known as Best Character of the Season Award, goes to Dan. Who? Well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate it. I, I always felt like I was a, a, a decent character. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, this is the one char- the, the category that I forgot to fill out. Okay, I'm going to be doing this on the fly. This will be fun. Uh, Sansa I'm, Stark is a good choice. I am going to choose... Okay, I'll choose Sansa Stark. Because she ended up being Queen of the North. She uh, fought, She gained the independence. She checked her uncle, which was great. She saw right through Danny the entire time. Uh, and she did it all in a way that did not alienate the rest of the Starks. Which would be super easy to do from like a writing perspective. Is like to pit john against sansa when the reality is a little bit more gray it's a little bit more complicated so yeah no i'm gonna go sansa stark mel i'm not sure how this category got named after sansa stark because she's the best character it used to be named after someone else but i change a couple of the titles up i tweak the titles on a couple of them every year i just i'm a little confused not the point um I have Jefferson Pierce as a black lightning because I thought because in his professional life where he was the principal of Garfield High School, he had to take a step back and he became just a teacher. But the students still respected him for who he was. And it was always interesting to me to watch him kind of struggle with that, but still try and be, you know, the best person he could to the children. And then, of course, he's Black Lightning and he has two superhero daughters and he has to deal with that as well. And he has a wife that he has to handle at the same time. And I thought he was just great this season. Mo? I'm going to go with uh, Margot Hansen, a.k.a. Queen Margot from The Magicians. Uh, She lost her kingdom, but she underwent a vision quest in order to help save her BFF. Um, and And in my opinion, I think... Her uh, soulmate, Elliot, and she managed to get, get uh, gain these two swords that helped save save Elliot. And then she also got a new boo, you know, Josh Hoberman, you know. But unfortunately, Josh may have given her this, like, werewolf STD. We'll learn more that in the next season. But hands down, Margot was the best character for me. <laughs> Sansa, Sansa Stark is one of my all-time favorite fantasy characters uh, and that's why I re I tweaked the title on this because I was like okay it's I I want to have an honor for her but uh, but in honor of her I also chose Margot from the magicians her episode when Summer Bischel portrayed Margot in the episode all that hard glossy armor she was phenomenal it the Magicians this last season was without question one of the best shows. It had fantastic acting, and Margot was the linchpin of it all. She brought it all together for Elliot, for saving the saving magic. It was unbelievable how well 
how good of a character Margot was or and is, especially when you consider what she's evolved from, because she used to just be like a mean girls queen bee type. And she has evolved so much while keeping the mean girls element. And I love how they've done that. The Night King cometh, best villain of the season, Mel. Tobias Whale. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he is the character I most love to hate. When he crippled (laughs) Khalil again and ripped out his spine, I was like, this is also the character that has threatened to skin someone with a butter knife. Like, I absolutely love to hate this villain. He is fantastic. Mo? I'm going to go with Alexander Luthor from Supergirl. I mean, he's been building this character up for the last four seasons. Lex Luthor did not disappoint when he arrived in the form of John Cryer. You know, from Two and a Half Men. (laughs) And... You know, he he played uh, Lex Luthor's nephew in one of the old Superman movies from the 80s. But, woo, I mean, everything just fell into place once you learned that Lex Luthor was the mastermind behind everything. I think Cryer channeled um, some Gene Hackman. I think he also channeled some Michael Rosenbaum in his portrayal of Lex. It was just too sweet. I'm glad that the character has been resurrected, it looks like, for the for next season's crossover. Dan? I am with Mo on this one. I had Lex Luthor on there. I was not prepared. When John Cryer is cast as Lex Luthor, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so bad. This is going to be dumb. This is going to be funny. This is going to be dumb funny. And then he is excellent. I was not prepared for him to be excellent. I was thrown off. You know, they had some great sequences. You find out he's the mastermind of everything. He, he's he been planning for years and years and years. You know, at one point he poisoned a whole courtroom. I, I, I was on the floor. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, how, how, he did that in a movie too. I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited for more of him. I, like, hopefully... Mo, you said they they're resurrecting him because I know at the end of the season. They, oh yeah, yeah. The 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 monitor. You, you that was a in that in that post uh, the end sequence on that last episode of Supergirl where the monitor was like bring. It looked like he was about to bring. He was about to resurrect him. Okay, okay. Because I know he brought the 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 Green Martian back. I'm, I'm I don't know all of the context. I just know that the. There has to do with John Jones and whatnot, but I'm I'm really hoping for more of John Cryer because he was like shockingly good as Lex Luthor. My pick was the monster on the Magicians, which the monster inhabited the body of Elliot, portrayed by Hale Appleman. Which I realize that's a bit of a leap here and there, but Appleman did a fantastic job in portraying the monster's almost childlike innocence and yet horrific power. It was a really interesting intersection of those, of that dynamic in the character. And I was super impressed by it. 
this is a new category. We added one, much to Mel's chagrin, but it's it's optional because I realize that most people, not all of us, watch animated. Best animated TV series or TV movie. Mel, did you watch anything animated last year? I didn't pick one, so sorry. Okay. Uh, Mo, did you pick anything for animated? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, for TV show, I went with Young Justice Outsiders, which is on the DCU streaming service. Great to have that show back after all these years. The show has definitely evolved. It's much more mature. It's much more darker, much more violent. You have the introduction of Black Lightning to the, the, this this world or and they focused on a lot of the Outsiders characters from the Bat- old Batman, the Outsiders comic book. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, to, the, to the second half of that coming um, in a few weeks. And, and in terms of animated movie, I have uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Um, it essentially, it, it more or less kind of picks up on the continuity of the old um, Justice League uh, Unlimited cartoon. Um, it had a lot of the same voice actors for Batman and Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Legion of Superheroes. The Fatal Five is one of the Legion of Superheroes adversaries, so it was great to have a movie that focused on them. Some of the, so there were some Legion Legion of Superheroes characters in that in the animated movie. It was really really good. Dan, I I kind of went with Big Mouth. I know it's been around a little bit, but it was so so funny this year the the things they had the hormone monsters doing and the the valentine's day special was excellent it's just the the show is just such a gift it's so clever nick kroll and john mulaney have such an amazing show on their hands and i highly recommend uh everyone checking it out I only watched one animated series this last year, so, well, I guess I watched two, but I didn't actually finish the second one. The only animated series that I finished uh, was She-Ra Princess of Power, just because I was curious. I remembered She-Ra from when I was a kid. This is obviously much different, though there are different in style, different in tone, that type of thing. It was an enjoyable, it was an enjoyable series i'll watch the second season again or i'll watch the second season i think it's out but i haven't watched like had a chance to watch it but it was enjoyable i mean i was i was impressed i i have to come to terms that the reimaginations of the things that i grew up with may not always be to my liking i.e the thundercats that are coming but it wasn't bad best new show of the season mel Okay, well, it's kind of obvious, but for me, it was Sabrina because apparently I'm the only one who has watched season one and two. I actually watched season two twice because that's how much I enjoyed it. But you are not the only one. I it's absolutely fabulous. I love what Netflix did with it, and I was one a part of the generation that had the original Sabrina, the silly uh-huh. one with the talk, and to watch this dark take on it, I I love it. I absolutely love it. But to give love to a network show, which we don't do a lot on this podcast, I'm going to say Manifest as well. This show started off really strong. I will give it that. I love the premise of the plane disappearing and there's a time change on the plane, but with no one else, they come back. Everyone is older. Everyone's moved on with their lives. And then the middle of the season, it got a little wonky, but then it picked back up again at the end. So I would definitely say Watch Manifest, give it a chance, you'll love it. Mo, 
I'm going to go with Doom Patrol on the DC streaming service. If um, not sure if any of you all are familiar with the Doom Patrol, it is a comic book. Uh, it's, a, it's a comic book that's been around, probably been around for many, many years. Um, probably it's nearly as old as the X-Men. Um, so the show talk, it's basically about all these misfits and freaks who under, who due to an accident, they gain these superpowers. And, so they added Cyborg from the Justice League as more of your point of view character, and I thought that was a little weird because you don't really um, uh, basically think of Doom Patrol. You don't think of Cyborg, but it really worked after a few episodes. Uh, they tackle a lot of interesting ish, issues in terms of like a man who who is um, one of the characters. He's gay. He's having issues dealing with that, not just his powers, but also being a homosexual and you know and the fact that this man had a family and had to walk away from his family because he had to figure out who he was you have a character that uh, called Danny the Street who's a non-gender conforming sentient teleporting street the show is crazy it's fun. you got you got cockroaches that are taking over uh, cybernetic beings and trying to rule the world it is absurd if you are familiar with the source material it draws heavily from the uh, late 1980s early 1990s Grant Morrison run um, it's just an out there trippy show Dan uh, for me, I'm also going with Mel's pick, uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I've only seen the first season. I've I've started the second season. Um, I think I'm only an episode in, um, but I really, really liked it. It was super. I like. I I was a little hesitant because I was like, oh, this is this is this is pretty dark. This is pretty out there in terms of that stuff. But and I, you know, obviously growing up watching the Sabrina, uh, Melissa John Hart show, um, you know, it it's it's a different take. I really like it. I like I love Marcos at, like as a character. I think he's super cool. Uh, I'm not interested in Harvey or any of the the human side of stuff. I just want to see the witches go at it. Like Nick is seems super fun and I really like him. Um Sabrina seems like such a complex character and I really enjoy uh just her ability like her wanting to live up to the legacy of her father while still maintaining some semblance of humanity. That's kind of interesting, but at the same time I'm just like, all right, more of the more of the witch school, more of the magic. Let's go. Um and so yeah. It okay. seems like a fun show. Mel, you are not alone in watching both seasons. I also have The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It is Woo-hoo. fantastic. Um, it had a stellar f- first season. It had a stellar second season. The Chilling Savent- Adventures of Sabrina is what Legacies aspires to be and will never be. Um, the way that the school is set up, the school structure, the way that the dynamic between magic and various other elements flows like seamlessly through Sabrina, where there's always this like awkwardness to legacies. And I realize that teens are supposed to be awkward, so it's not necessarily the characters, but the way the storylines flow, the plot lines of the magic, the various other things. Legacies is an enjoyable show. I'll I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it in part because I love the originals and I love the vampire diaries and it's still in that world. 
but it will never be what Sabrina is, and Sabrina is practically perfect in a magical way. Best series or season finale of the 2018-2019 season. Dan. Is there any other option? It's timeless. Like, oh my gosh, was that finale so good. It just, it made me cry like seven different times. Losing Garcia Flynn. I I wasn't ready. How dare you show? How dare you? Uh, Just him sacrificing himself. Them, you know, maintaining the humor. Let's win it up. Uh, Getting Rufus back. I was so happy. I've uh, just seeing him and Gia together again. I'm just like, oh, yes. And like, I even, I've never been much of a Lucy and, um, oh, what's his face? Wyatt. Wyatt. Yes. Thank you. I've never been much of a Lucy and Wyatt fan. Like they, it just seemed too cookie cutter, but by the end, I'm sort of like understanding it a little bit more. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, you guys know you can go back and, and, and get Flynn. You, you can get, I mean, Lucy, I know you're making eyes over here, but like, hey, there's Garcia Flynn. This is Garcia Flynn. Uh, but yeah, no. And they left it open for if they ever wanted to continue. And uh, I just, I want this show back so much. It was so good. You guys were right. I was stubborn and dumb. Um, and now you could tell, you could say, I told you so. Mel? For all the reasons Dan just listed. Of course, it has to be Timeless the movie. It couldn't be anything else. What an absolute love letter to the fans. That's what I felt watching that finale. I think I watched it three times. It was amazing. Dan broke it down better than I could, but... Please, y'all. The show is still on Hulu. If you want to watch it, you can binge it away. Do yourself a favor. It was absolutely fantastic. <sighs> I miss my characters. Yes. Mo? Uh, I have a tie. First off, I'm going to go with The Big Bang Theory. Um, I think the the final season was a little shaky. The Nobel Prize story went on far too long. Uh, but I, I understand once you get to the final two episodes how intricate that storyline is. But really, the final three episodes of The Big Bang Theory really show how, how much these characters have grown and, and, and shown that this series was always about found family. I'm personally going to miss it because it's, I really feel like it's, it's The Big Bang Theory, through its ups and downs, is, ve- is very much comfort food for me. Um, I'm also going to go with Veep on HBO. Julie Dreyfus um, was just has been phenomenal as Selena, uh, Selena Meyer uh, the entire throughout the entire show's history. It's very much thematically similar to um, Game of Thrones in that um, Selena is trying to be- become elected the president of the United States, just like Danny wants that Iron Throne. And unlike Danny, Selena Meyer was able to pull off the heel t- the heel turn. I had to stop. I loved Veep for many seasons, but I had to stop watching when the absurdity of real life became more crazy than the the absurdity of that fiction. Um, my my best series or season finale is um, The Big Bang Theory. I thought that 
like Mo said, the early part of the season was a little bit wobbly, but it nailed the landing. I mean, it it nailed it. The self-realization that Sheldon experienced and expressed in his speech and what led up to that in terms of the interpersonal character dynamics was fantastic. And it was one of those things where I was literally sitting there crying. I enjoyed that finale so much. I am going to miss it as well, like Mo said, comfort food. It, it's really going to be hard to imagine a landscape come next fall without our favorite geeks and their antics. Worst show of the season, Mo. The Gifted season two. It was it was a train wreck. I mean that whole the whole notion of the struck the Von Strucker family legacy for me just really didn't go anywhere. It just ran around in circles. Uh, you literally could have cut that out. Had a far superior show that made made sense. Um, it, it was such a waste after after the show had so much potential in, in season um, season one. And you know, I'm kind of sad that it's been canceled. But on the flip side, you know, I can understand why. Dan, uh, the Flash. Oh my gosh, the problems that I had with The Flash this season. I know I I go off on this tangent every year where I'm like, oh, this show is terrible. But it was honestly god-awful. Like, Nora West Allen was honestly a terrible character. Uh, Just, and then the, the bad parts of the show kept seeping into the other characters. I mean, Cisco doesn't have powers anymore? Okay. All right, we're just going to have a show with that vibe. Okay, I guess that's fine. Uh, you know, going into Caitlin's backstory, I thought it would be cool, but it ended up being super lame because the dad ended up dying at the end anyway, so it doesn't really even matter. Uh, like, what what's the whole deal with um, w- with Iris's newspaper? Why does this matter? Uh, okay. I just... I. And then the multiple timelines with the multiple cicadas, I I think it could have been good. I think it had the potential. I just don't necessarily think it stuck the landing as well as it could have. I and I Barry just sucks. I'm sorry, Barry sucks. He's 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 not a he's not a good dad. He's not a good husband. He's not a good hero. It and uh, you know if it if it were about if the show were based on the idea that this character has flaws, but he's trying hard, then that's one thing. Because that's sort of a lot of what Arrow is based on. But with The Flash, it's like, no, he's supposed to be like the fun good guy, and he's supposed to get things sort of right, um, and he just, he doesn't. And it, it he, he, he's not good. It, it's I not a like- good show. I enjoyed the flash this season. I didn't necessarily enjoy Nora and, but I personally think that the, a problem that all of the Berlanti verse is facing with its characters is that the casts have become too large. And in trying to make sure that everybody has their time character and, and plot and story are being sacrificed. Uh, Mel worst new show or worst show of the season. The only reason I'm still watching the show is out of pure habit, and it is The Walking Dead. Y'all, there was a blizzard this season. A blizzard! <laughs> I just... Those do happen in Atlanta. 
No, they're in like closer to DC now. Oh, okay. That's Which how long it's Which is plausible been. because they're on the East Coast. But it's just like, uh, y'all, we got a we got a blizzard with zombies. Like we're really this far out of ideas now. Let's let's just go ahead on and put it out of its misery and just end it because uh, it's wearing me out. I, okay. I don't even want to watch it out of habit anymore. So. Okay. Mine was charmed. It was so bad I couldn't watch more than four episodes. Uh, <laughs> but of dishonorable mention goes to Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow deserves worst show of this season. If it wasn't for the fact that Charmed was that bad. Best show of the season, Mel. For me, it was Sabrina. Because they put out two solid seasons and a Christmas special. And even that was fantastic. The Christmas special was really good. Right? I love the cast. I love the young cast because I feel like everyone in the younger cast is pretty strong. I mean, I don't really have anybody that I'm like, I don't know where they found you from. I, I think the stories are interesting, how everything's really tied together. I love that they have a trans character on there where she was Susie and now he's Theo and everyone was like, okay, we're cool with this. I I, I thought that was great. I, I just, I really love this show, y'all, if you can't tell. So please watch it. Mo? I'm going to go with uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2. I think uh, as a show, as the total package it, it provided dynamic um, plots week to week. It was a little bit more episodic this, this go around, which I did enjoy, enjoy that a bit more because it allowed us to get to know the characters a little bit better. Um, I love the new additions. Uh, Anton Mount, who, who as um, Captain Pike, and, you know, we on this podcast, like, really lambasted um, the Inhumans. And he, he, he makes up for being Black Bolt in... Um, Star Trek Discovery. Rebecca Romaine was on there um, in a few episodes as uh, Captain Pike's number one. She was fabulous. Love to see more of of Rebecca Romaine's character. And I love uh, Ethan Peck. He he was a really good Spock. I think um, it was a little slow getting him um, on the canvas, but once he was, I love that dynamic between Spock and, and Michael Burnham. I really liked the introduction of um, some some additional characters from Michael Burnham's family. Uh, I loved her, di- loved Michael Burnham's dynamic with uh, her adopted parents. Looking forward to where they go in season three. It was a nice little twist at the end. I, I think it was the total package. Dan, uh, for me, it's Daredevil again. I know I like I talked about the show a lot um but the cast is was so strong and watching matthew murdoch go with what he went through and seeing foggy and karen uh rally with him and then seeing the other side of the perspective where uh, you start the season and you're watching the fbi slowly turn in on itself and you know um agent nadim being the the kind of straight-laced, uh, like, I I stand for truth, justice, in the American way, agent, kind of, versus uh, Wilson Bethel, which, by the way, our, our writer Fisher from Young and the Restless has grown up and is now, like, 
a legit actor. It's amazing to watch him. He was so good as Bullseye and watching um, Wilson Fisk like mold and corrupt him slowly. And it was, it was incredible. I loved every second of it. By the end of it, the FBI is working for Wilson Fisk. It, it was so good. It's, it was such a good season and it deserves so much more. And the, the hints at season four where Wilson Bethel his character Bullseye is like getting the surgery to fully become Bullseye. I, I need more. I'm not going to get more. And that's, that's a tragedy. My pick for best show of the season is the magicians on sci-fi. It was a stunning season. There have been seasons of sci-fi where, or of the magicians where I felt uncomfortable watching it, but and it made me wonder whether I'd keep watching, but the acting and the, and the dialogue is so good that I tune back in. There were no compunctions this season. This season of The Magicians was like, I got done with it and I was like, it has been my privilege to have the opportunity to watch your show. It was, I was just sitting there and I was like, wow, that was really good. I can't believe that this sees that this show set the bar so high. I really loved the magicians this season. So the next category is one that we are going to have to rename as well, because Elicity isn't as that great of a couple anymore. The forever forever (laughs) Elicity award, otherwise known as best couple of the season. Mo. I got to go with Jefferson Pierce and Lynn Stewart from black lightning. I mean, that is that couple should be the couple that this award should be named after because they are solid as a rock. I mean, they got the drama with their two superpowered daughters. They got workplace dramas. I mean, Lynn got work, her workplace drama is so bad. She got folks trying to snatch her or kill her for her. I mean, Jefferson, you know, as people mentioned before, he got demoted at school, but you know, you saw that he still was trying to be a leader in his community. And even though they had all this drama, Jefferson and Lynn, you know, they they had some issues as a just normal couple issues, but you know they tried to communicate. They tried to make sure that they uh, they had family dinners with their family to include um, Gamby. That's the all around couple. I mean, it can't be nobody else, in my opinion. Dan, I I have to go with my heart on this one and my ship Gendry and Arya were so briefly wonderful that I have to go with them from Game of Thrones this has been building like the first three seasons the two of them interacting was so incredible it's so well seasons two and three rather uh it was so incredible and so just Pure. I know people are like, "Whoa, they're." She you didn't know. even enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You know what? He got down on one knee, and she she cares about him in a way. He's that... a bad lover. Yeah, that could be Look, true. But it... when winter came and you didn't, hey, might be a problem. It, it, it might be a problem. I... Hey, I'm not saying they're like an endgame couple. I'm just saying they're one of those couples that like you see where 
no matter what, they'll always care about each other, even though one person clearly cares a lot more than the other person. Um, it, it is what it is. But at the same time, it was something that built up over time and seasons and years. And it was just cool to watch. I'm glad you had your ship. Yeah. Uh, Mel? Uh, I also have Jefferson and Lynn from Back Lightning because I think they are a totally realistic couple. There's the one scene when Lynn is beating up her co-worker and Jefferson is in the background like, hey, you got her. She, she good. And she was she gives him this look and he's like, yes, ma'am. I'm, just, I'm not even going to say anything. It was so great. I love them as a couple. They're raising their daughter as well, doing the best they can. I could watch those two all day. My best couple of the season comes from a show that will probably never otherwise ever get mentioned on a best and worst podcast. Um, and that is from shadow hunters, Magnus and Alex. I loved the mortal instrument book series. It is one of my all time favorite YA urban fantasy book series. And the film was awful when it when shadow hunters was developed as a different version like as basically the same story but with a different title i tuned in because i love the book so much and i've stuck with the series because i love the book so much it's not great television it, it, it most of the time it was not great television it was just sort of i don't well mel and dan might be too young but and i don't i guess technically i don't know how old mo is but mo do you remember like the mutant x or oh, was it yeah. mutant x like saturday eve saturday night um saturday night's syndicated sci-fi series type things Oh, yeah, because, Lord, we got a lot of soap stars from that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Shadow, Hunters, Shadow Hunters often felt more like a Mutant X or a VIP type like thing just because the dialogue isn't always great and some of the things that were said and how it was depicted wasn't always that greatly well produced. But throughout it all, Magnus and Alex's relationship over time and how it built and the things that they went through was a was one of the threads that kept me coming back because it was a depiction that you didn't you don't see as much and necessarily in fantasy stuff you are seeing more of it now but let's face it shadow hunters has been around a little while now and for them to get to their wedding I was very, I was very happy with it. So they, and this was probably the only time that I can put that show in a positive category. So it was like, I'm going to take it. Last category. I can't. I just can't. AKA, I took it off my DVR. Mo. Charmed. <laughs> Dan? Uh, the, the, the end of Game of Thrones just... It, I, I, I was so frustrated. Okay, Mel, charmed. I have charmed, deadly class, manifest, and night flyers. Why do you have seven, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, because Luke. this is because this is just a list. This is just like as I said, this is just a list of the shows that we keep. Like manifest, I, I'm glad that you really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really good. But the last episode I remember watching 
fully was the one where they rescued the kid or the woman. I don't even remember this specifically, but they rescued, they rescued the brother and sister rescued the, I think it was a child from that shed because of the uh-huh. dogs that were barking. Uh-huh. And then the next episode, I was just like, do I really want to have another loss that's overly complicated? I feel like I'm going into lost and how to get away with murder. And I'm not sure that I want to deal with another massive conspiracy show. It got better. It did. The last two, three episodes of the season, it it got better. I know the middle was wonky. It was. So that's why I took it off my DVR. I'm like, I just have way too much stuff to consume. I don't have time for a show that I'm only sort of loving um, when I have other stuff to watch. On that note, we would encourage you to share your best and worst of the TV season in the comments at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Mel is at Melody Akles. Dan is at the real Dan Pierce. And Mo is Dr. Mo77. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.